Here we go. You ready? So the ice didn't keep you at home this morning, huh? Did anybody see that ice? Isn't it amazing how that uh, every Saturday night uh, the weather always projects? If anything's going to happen during the week, it's always going to be Sunday morning, folks. Don't get out and go to church. Monday, get out and go to work, but be careful. But Sunday morning, don't get out. Don't be out there on no slick roads. I was out there pretty early this morning. I didn't see all that, but I missed it. I'm glad that you decided to come on to church today. I'm glad to see all of you. And there's a reason why you are here. Um, some of you, this is specifically probably going to be your word today. How many of you feel like that you are maybe in a battle, a spiritual battle, and that you're, you're, in, a, you're in a strange place? You know you're with the Lord and you love the Lord and you know he loves you, but you're just in an unsettled place, somewhere between where you were and where you think you're going, but you're in that place right now of just an unsettled feeling, a, a discouraged place, perhaps. And you find yourself waging a war in the spirit all around you and it's causing you to question whether you're in the right place or not and in your heart you're striving for something you may not know what it is but you've heard the stories about the promised land and you're thinking maybe that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get from this place to a promised land i I've been given a, when we say the land, we're talking about a place for us, for the people in the Old Testament, it was, a, it was an actual destination. For us, it's a place more or less in the spirit, perhaps. And we're trying to get to that promised place because in our minds, we have it, we've thought this through and we say, you know, I don't really like the place I'm in, but I'm looking forward to the place I'm going because the place I'm going, the place of promise, is a really cool place. In our minds is how we viewed this. This place that I'm going to is great. It's awesome. There's no problems. There's no stress. Once you get to the promised land, you're in the blessings of the Lord and all your needs are met and you just... Pray and worship God all day and everything is awesome. If I could just get to the promised land. Well, I'm afraid that you're missing just a little something in there. What you're describing is heaven. And that won't happen on this side. Uh-oh. Some of y'all went, man, I thought we was finally going to get a good one. All he does is get up there and just tell us the truth. Week after week, he spoke, I come expecting to make me feel good, and all he does is get up and just tell us the truth. And now he says the promised land is not a fun place. Hmm. Well, let's, let's talk about it. Are we going to talk scripture or are we going to talk politics? Which one would you rather, which one would you rather talk? <clears throat> I can tell you all kinds of stuff if you want to talk politics. That I might not be able to deliver. 
But if you want to talk scripture, let's see what is going on in the word regarding this promised land. Get your Bible turned to Numbers chapter 13. I'm looking at God's word translation. I may not read all this. In fact, I'm going to sum, I'm going to put a lot of it together so you don't have to go through the whole thing, but I'm going to give you the gist of what these verses are saying. Starting there in verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses and he said to him, send some men to explain Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of their ancestors' tribes, skipping on down. So when Moses had sent them to explore Canaan, he told them, go through the Negev and then into the mountain region and see what the land is like and whether the people living there are strong or weak or few or many. And is the land they live in good or bad? Do they have cities with walls around them or not? And is the soil rich or poor? And does the land have trees or not? Man, Moses has got some questions. And do your best to bring back some of the fruit from the land because it's the season when the grapes were beginning to ripen. Hop on down there, 40 days later, they came back from exploring the land. And this is what they reported to Moses. We went to the land where you sent us, and it really is a land flowing with milk and honey. And here's some of the fruit. But the people who live there are strong, and the cities have walls, and they're very large. And we even saw the descendants of Anak there, who is who, if you know, that is giants, the descendants of giants. We even saw giants there. Verse 30, Caleb told the people to be quiet. Listen to Moses, he said. And then Caleb said, let's go and take possession of the land. We should be more than able to conquer it. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They're too strong for us. And notice this verse in 32. So they began to spread lies about the Israelites. They began to spread lies among the Israelites about the land they had explored. Have you ever caught that before when you were reading that? They began to spread lies. Had you ever picked up on that? They began to spread lies about the land they had explored. And they said, the land we explored is one that devours those who live there. Really? The people that live there carrying grapes on branches between them. Now, when I was a kid, I thought the grapes were like, each grape was this big. I think what they're trying to tell us is that this this land is so plentiful that when they begin to cut the bunches of grapes, that the grapes are so plentiful and so heavy that they were that the bunches of grapes were having to be carried by two people on a stick in between them. Doesn't sound to me like this land is devouring these people. Sound to me like these folks are living pretty well. They these same people just got done saying this is a land of milk and honey, but it devours the people who live there. What, are these grapes going around and eating the people? Is that how they're getting so big? What's going on here? And the people we saw there are very tall. Basically, what they're sowing among the rest of their tribes is this. How can this be the promised land? How could this be the promised land? We thought that the promised land was the place where there's no battles and there's no stress and there's no hardship. Listen to me this morning. Just because a thing is promised to you by God does not mean that you will attain it with ease. In fact, probably just the opposite is true. It may be more correct to say that if you're about to enter into a place of promise, you're probably going to fight and struggle more than you ever did when you were just living contently in the land of mediocre. So 12 leaders go into this place undercover. 
only two of them. Now, these are the leaders. I'm not talking about these just a bunch of half-steppers that they got. I'm talking about these are the 12 leaders of the tribes of the people. Leaders of hundreds of thousands. These are not your, your everyday slackers. But of the 12 leaders, only two of them are faithful enough to believe that they can actually possess this place. Why? I want you to think about it a minute. These are people who have been in bondage. They have been slaves for several hundred years. They've been beaten down. They've been beaten up. They are finally enjoying a newfound freedom. But perhaps... As we learned months ago talking about the Red Sea, these people are not warriors as such. They're learning. They're getting ready to have to be. But at this point in their lives, they've left Egypt and they're wandering and they're looking to go into this place that was promised them. And it has not been an easy road. They've left slavery, then they've wandered in the wilderness, and they've just, I mean, they've, they've, it's been a struggle. And so when they go into this land and they are staring up at giants and huge cities, I'm talking about huge cities with high walls, walls that are wide enough that people could race their chariots on the tops of the walls. These folks are saying, we're no match for this. We better go back and use every bit of our influence to tell our folks, we can't do this or else a lot of us are going to get killed. This is more than what we bit off. This may be the promised land to somebody, but about the only promise we got here is another whipping if we try to take it from the people that are there. These people don't just have huge cities. They don't just have giants, but they have a lot of people, not the ones that aren't giants. When you've been beaten down by bondage for a long period of time, you start feeling small and weak. And God may have made a promise to you, but life and the devil have been whipping you until you've lost your confidence. And when you're at this place, it's hard to trust and believe that God is going to give you the victories that he's promised you. It's why he's allowed you to get to this place so that when he does give you the victories, he'll get the glory. And you'll know for sure you didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't whip those giants. I didn't kick down those walls. I was one of them that didn't think we could do it. I want to show you something. I want to give you reasons why it's hard to trust and believe that God is going to give you the victories if you are the children of Israel, right? Put yourself in the clan. You are standing there hearing your leaders say, we can't do this. And here are the reasons being stated why you can't. First of all, because there's giants over there. Secondly, 
because there's way too many people aside from the giants over there. Thirdly, they're well fortified. And we're just out here living in the desert in tents. Fourthly, they're too strong for us. Fifth, this was the lie, we won't be able to grow anything there. And sixth, even if we took it, we wouldn't be able to hold it because we can't defend ourselves long term. We're in no position to do that. So, so that's, what the, that's what the argument of the people were that day. And you say, well, that, that, you know, that doesn't apply to me. Okay, let's apply it to you. Let's take those same six things now and let's put you in the equation in your situation right now. And here's what it would look like. Number one, the devil is a giant. Huh? Number two, he has way too many demons helping him. Number three, he has defenses that we can't break through. Number four, his army of demons is way too powerful for, uh, for me. Number five, I won't be able to effectively or productively do anything with him fighting me all the time. Number six, even if I win this battle, he's just going to keep coming and I'm not going to be able to fight him off forever. Do you see the similarities? But let me give you six more things. What does the word say? Because all that you just said is true for you. But let's dispel the fallacies of those six complaints. In light of what the word says. Number one, the devil is a giant, but God is bigger than the devil. And God is for me, and he is all-powerful, and he's more than a giant. Number two, God has twice the army of Satan. Number three, God has already overcome and defeated his fortifications. How do I know that? Because God created everything that the devil's trying to use to hide behind. You think he can hide from God? Number four, God's army is always at our disposal through prayer. Number five, God will make me productive in spite of constant attacks. And number six, God will make me the victor every time that the enemy comes against me. Now that's what the word says about the situation and you. So on the one side, you have what is going on in your mind, what's being sown there by the enemy. But on this other side, the side that we choose to believe, the word of God says something completely different. I want you to see how that works. And I want you to notice something with me. In the very first verse that we read, it said this. Before Before they went in to examine the land, I want you to notice something. The verse said that God had already decided to give the land to his people. The decision's already made by God. It's a done deal. Now, the enemy's going to fight. Sure, that's what he does. But God wins and we win. I mean, that's the bottom line. So that's it. It's over and it's done. So, so you go back to the story, you got Moses who's wanting to spy it out, and God says, yeah, that's a good idea, go spy it out. That's fine. You need to get prepared. 
because God knows they're going to be in a fight. They need to get ready. They need to fight. They need to trust. But God knows the outcome. They're going to win because he's already decided. So you need to understand this in the, in the midst of this, of this spiritual place that you're at. There's always going to be major opposition to attaining the reward. Now, earlier on, the leaders of the tribes, 10 of them had said, we can't make it in that, quote, promised land because there's too many. We won't be able to grow anything and we won't be able to sustain it. And that was a lie, right? Let me tell you what the lie is that we believe too many times. Here's the lie we believe. We believe that God's will should be safe and easy. That's the lie. Still with me? If I ever get in God's perfect will, this is our thinking. If I ever get in God's perfect will, if I ever get in that promised place, then all this stuff is going to just level out. I mean, it's going to be good. I'm not going to struggle anymore with the finance. I'm not going to struggle anymore with the relationships. I'm not going to have any more. Fi- I'm not going to have any problems uh, in, in in any ever in any area because if I ever really get in the perfect will of God, all this stuff is going to level out. That is a lie. That's straight up a lie. If you don't want any struggle or any problems, then quit give up go back to living like you used to the devil will leave you alone but as long as you're trying to do something for God and as long as you're trying to enter into that place of promise he's going to fight you tooth and nail and when you get there he's still going to fight you tooth and nail in hopes that his distractions will keep you from being effective. So, let's, 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 let's dig a little deeper. Is God calling you to ministry? And if you say, well, yes, then you think to yourself, okay, well, then that should be safe and easy. If, if, if God's calling me to ministry and I submit to that, then everything will line out. No. You're going to stir up hell if you, if you submit to that call. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, God is telling me to give something in faith that I don't currently have. And, and, and that should be safe and easy, right? No, of course not. Of course not. It's going to be a major battle. Well, God is asking me to step out in faith and do something, and and that should be safe and easy. If I submit to that, right? No. When you obey God, the enemy will unleash hordes of devils to distract and discourage and depress you. Just the fact that you have hell's attention ought to encourage your soul because you're doing something right. It's time to to believe and to trust and to fight like never before. That's what's going on. And you've entered, you've decided to, to go ahead and go into the promised place. 
and the battle's coming against you, now it's time for you to say, okay, I I didn't expect easy, I expected tough, and all I'm going to do is just get more resolve about this thing. I'm going to fight harder than I've ever fought before, but I'm not going to quit, and I'm not going to back up. God's will does not guarantee a a tension-free, conflict-free, opposition-free life. In fact, it pretty much guarantees the opposite. So let me ask you this question. Are you, have, did you come in here today thinking to yourself, you know, the way things are going, maybe I'm just in the wrong place. I mean, I, I am fighting this battle. This battle seems like it's on all sides of me. I'm being waged war against in my mind and in my soul and, 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 in, my, and in my relationships and in my finances. It just seems like I'm fighting this battle on every side. Is it because I'm doing something wrong? Let me ask you a couple of questions. What if it's because you're exactly in the right place? What if God is about to put the devil to flight in your case? What what if the promised land is almost yours right now? What if you're right on the verge of of a huge victory and a breakthrough? What if all that's left for you to do is just to hang on a little longer and hang in there just a little while longer? You say, but how can this be the promised land, Pastor? Because God has already decided and he's already defeated and he's already demanded the devil's compliance. This is the time for you to throw in the towel thinking that this is the end. This is the time for you to persevere like never before because it may be getting close to the end of the battle and getting close to the beginning of the victory. Somebody today needs to determine in their spirit that they're going to start taking back what the enemy has been stealing from them. You say, I don't like the way that my joy has been depleted. Then go get it. Well, I can. He's too big. Well, you can't, but he can. Go with him and go get it. I don't like where my mind has been. I don't like how I've been thinking. I don't like how I've been moving. I don't like my motivation. I don't like the place that I'm in, the circumstance I'm in. I I don't like what's going on. Well, then put your foot back on the devil's neck and crush his skull like the word said you're supposed to do. Quit whining and squalling and waving white flags and praying sissy prayers. Begging God to take you on out. Huh? Instead, stand back up and take authority over the one who's already been defeated and put your foot on his neck and drive his face into the ground and remind him of who you are and where he's going. This isn't, the time to, this isn't the time to question. This isn't the time to question. Someone like Caleb in this place needs to step up and start telling the truth. And the truth of the matter is this. We can take this promised land. 
We can defeat this enemy. We can settle into the will of God and dwell there. I'm not just talking about get get there and back and forth and out. I'm talking about we can settle into the will of God and dwell in that place because God says we can. And I'm saying it's difficult when you dwell there because you're constantly going to have to deal with the battle of the enemy coming against you. But I'm telling you it's possible for you to live in a place where that you're not back and forth and up and down and wishy-washy and all the time, but that you can live in a place in the spirit settle into the will of God, live there, dwell there, and win victories there. That's the word of the Lord for you today. Short, sweet, to the point. So you're saying to yourself, this is the promised land? And my answer is yes. It's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any easier. It's going to get better. It's not going to get easier. But if you get your mind right, it's going to be a whole lot more fun than what it's been. Because instead of you getting depressed and defeated by staring at giants and walls, you're going to be excited by the opportunity to kill more giant and jump more walls. And that's the difference. What is God saying to you? Where is God calling you? What is he telling you to do? What is holding you back? According to God, nothing. Nothing. It's going to be a battle. And you might need, you might need to, uh, a little bit of help today. You might need it broke off. That's what we're going to do. We got time this morning. We're going to pray for folks. We're going we're to defeat enemies and break chains and kick devils. Anybody here like to kick devils? You say, Pastor, you better be nice. You better be nice because, you know, even Michael the archangel said he, let me use the King James, durst not rail against the devil. Mm. I'm telling you that we don't have to respect the devil. We don't have to respect him. We don't have to fear him. We don't have to obey him. We don't have to put up with him. He's just doing what he's sent here to do, what he has to do. He don't like the outcome. He already knows what it is. He's just wreaking as much havoc as he can between now and then. But you got the advantage of knowing. You're not like some people who don't know. I mean, you've got a book that's already been written that tells you the outcome. You already know how this thing is going to end. Walk in that. Live in it that way. Walk as one, the word who says, is more than a conqueror. One who is more than a victor. Walk like somebody who's more than a champion because that's who God says you are. Are you going to believe what the word says or what the devil says? And if you choose to believe what God says about you, then he says that you could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I want to pray. Lord, in this place, there are those who need to be reminded of the victory we have in Jesus. Some, Lord, are motivated and excited and they're ready to go into the battle, but there's others, God, that have been beaten down 
They've been kicked around. They've been staring up at giants and fortified walls. And they've lost their confidence. God, you've called all of us to an abundant life. That life is not just heaven. And that abundance is not the things we think it is, but it is for us right here and now. Abundance, abundance of joy and peace and fulfillment and strength and power. You want your people to walk in the light of the word and the knowledge of the word. It's time to break off a lot of chains and bondages. It's time for your people to get free. It's time for your people who are called to accept those calls and quit being afraid of the enemy who says they can't. It's time to stop listening to the ten and start listening to the two. Time to stop listening to those that tell the lies and say, we could never grow anything there. We can't sustain any ministry there. We can't dwell in that place. It's too big. It's too hard. They're too strong. God, we need to stop listening to those lies. And listen to you who said you had already decided to give us that promise place. All of those of you today who said, you know what? I came in here a little bit discouraged. I came in here a little bit down. But I don't like where I've been and I like what this word sounds like and I choose it over where I've been. I'm ready to go to a promised land. I know God has called me to do something and I've been fighting and I've been struggling. The devil's been telling me I can't because of what I've done in the past or because of what he's doing to me right now. But I choose today to believe this word and today I want to be set free. Today I want to have power. I want to change to be broken off my life and I want to be set on a path to be able to be victorious and do what God has called me to do. Who am I talking to? If that's you, don't wait. Get down here right now. What are you waiting for? Who all's coming? Who all's coming? This is a day of freedom, folks, I'm telling you. This is a day to act in faith. This is a day to step up and, and, and put feet to the word. I know you got it in your heart and I know you got it in your soul. The reason I'm giving you this opportunity to walk up here is so that something can happen in you that will go from your head to your heart and get to your feet. I want you to walk out of here different than you walked in. I want you to leave with victory. Come on now. Some of you are too discouraged to even come up. Some of you are so beat up you won't even move. How long has it been for some of you? How long has it been since you felt that touch of the anointing? How long has it been since you felt the presence of God? Since the Holy Spirit engulfed you and gave you power like you'd never... How long has it been? If it's been too long, come on. Don't let discouragement, depression keep you from the very thing that God has provided for you today through His Word. Come on. Come on. Devil, you're bound. Every hindering spirit is cast out. There's rising up in this place, God, right now. A spirit of power and boldness. There's about to be a sound of a shout of victory in this place.
who wants to come and help me pray? Who wants, who wants in on this, wants to come down and help me pray? We're going to pray and we're going to see some bonds broken and some chains broken and some people set free. You don't want to see that. Don't, don't come down here and waste the time. You want to come down here and be a part of what God is about to do. Come on down here. Lay hands on folks and start praying. I mean, start, start praying over them and, and speaking in tongues and binding the enemy. Casting out the devil. 